of a blood vessel. Can everybody see that? See that pretty good? It's a picture of a blood vessel. And the artery there, that blue and red kind of tubing, that's the artery, the little red circles, that's blood. And on the kind of what's the right-hand side of the picture, you can see all this blood piling up behind this uh, bigger, circular, weird-looking object that's in the way. That's a blockage or a thrombus or what we would call a clot. Say uh, blockage. Everybody say blockage. So you see all of the, the flow, the whole flow has been interrupted because there is a blockage. Say blockage. This is what a stroke looks like if it happens uh, in the brain. The clot, that little large circle there, blocks the flow of blood. And because blood can't get to the upper parts where the blood is missing, that tissue begins to die. Because there is no blood flowing, because there is no oxygen, that's why you have blood. Blood carries oxygen. And if there is no oxygen, we in medicine say there is no profusion. There is no oxygen being pulled from the cells. Their brain can't pull oxygen because there's no blood getting to it. It's starting to die. And these things, if it goes untreated, you'll start to see different symptoms. You've probably heard of them. Maybe, uh, hopefully, you haven't experienced it personally, but you might know someone who has or seen it on TV. When this occurs in the brain, there begins to be, depending on where that clot is, there is slurred speech. You're not able to talk as well because the area that doesn't have enough blood could be the speech center that affects what you say. Are you listening? Then there are some instances where you would have blurry vision because the area that is not getting any blood is the vision center of your brain and now you have difficulty seeing. Then sometimes, depending on where it occurs, if it hits the motor section or the movement section of the body, there is partial paralysis. You're not able to move on one side or all sides or down below or up above because the part that controls movement is not getting any blood anymore. If the blockage is not removed or operated on or dissolved with medication in time, then the part that is not being perfused will die. It will begin to die. It's called ischemia, transient ischemic attack, TIA, or stroke. A clot cannot be seen with the natural eye. This is the part that blew me. The, the clot, you, if I had a little clot, if I had a clot in a bag right now, you wouldn't be able to see it up here on this stage. It takes a high-powered microscope or camera to zoom in past all the flesh to get deep down in the vein to show you where that clot is. 
Some of y'all have been in those machines, those CT scan machines, those x-ray machines, those MRI machines. My granddaddy called it the rabbit box where they put you in and it go click, 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 you know, and cost $10,000 for a picture. But that high-powered magnet goes in and zooms in to show you that you can't see it with your natural eye. It's so small, but it's blocking the flow. And because it's blocking the flow, if you don't unblock it, the whole body will die did you hear that it's so small you you I mean if you're not really sensitive to see it you'll miss it and if you miss it it'll kill the whole thing not just the part but the whole thing something so small can be so dangerous and powerful enough to kill the entire body all because of a blockage say blockage our church, say our church, I'm talking about this church, 1019 Scaley Bark Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28209. This church right here and many others like it across the world are blocked. And because there is a blockage, the flow, you see in this picture? They're keeping that up there for a reason. You see that picture? See all that blood on the right-hand side that's just backing up? All, that, all those little red circles. Now, there is, some, there is some blood on the left-hand side of the clot, of the blockage, but it's not enough. It's not what is needed. Because our churches have become blocked by small things, the flow has been disrupted. And now you start, it's going to start making sense to you as we go through this, why worship doesn't feel like worship. You're blocked up going to start making sense why when you take the platform to minister the word why it don't flow like it used to flow you're blocked up you're going to learn that when you're organizing uh, events and pulling people together and trying to lead the reason why it seems like it's falling on deaf ears is because you're blocked you're blocked and because you are blocked, the anointing of God is not flowing and profusing the body of Christ like it should. And because there is no anointing, there is no deliverance. The uh, 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 power of God is being blocked. Because there is no power, we see no manifestation of his word. Because the grace of God is being blocked, there is no ability to do supernatural things like love people when they misuse you. There is because the presence of God has been blocked. The flow has been stopped. Stopped up by our blockages, it seems like coming to church has just become a ritual. And we're in one minute and out the next and no substantial change is occurring because you're blocked. Say blocked. So what we have to do, oh, and then we, because we're blocked, just like in the natural body, nobody knows what we mean anymore because our speech has become slurred. We say hallelujah one minute and then we're cussing the next minute. You got slurred speech. I can't, I can't really understand what is it that you're trying to say. Because our blockages have occurred, we can't see into the spirit like we're supposed to see in the spirit. So the gifts of God are not flowing in the church like they should. And because there is no gifting, because there is no vision, we can't see at all. 
We don't move in the supernatural. We don't move like how Jesus moved and how the apostles moved and even how the prophets moved because our blockages have disrupted our motor senses. And now we don't even know how to flow in the spirit anymore. And we're stuck and frustrated. And some parts of our church smell like death because they've not gotten any blood no flow no anointing no grace no power no presence just blocked the way a church should talk the way a church should see the way a church should move the way a church ought to operate is found in the book of acts if you really study uh, the book of Acts, maybe uh, chapters 1 through 7, really all of it is good, but really look at 1 through 7, 1 through 8, that's what a church should look like. And But what we do is if we read that, Deacon Davis, if we read that Acts 1 through 8, we'll find that there's a deep distance between what they had in Acts and what we have in 2022. How did that happen if it's the same church? How did that happen if it's the same Jesus? How did it happen if it's the same spirit? How did it happen somewhere along the way we got blocked? So uh, Pastor Marlon was talking about this to me some weeks ago, and I told him he said it cooler than I said it as he normally does. And I was like, but I taught that a year ago that the only thing more powerful than the almighty God is the will of human beings. If you don't want to be healed, you'll never be healed. Did it mean no, you were? He was. What did it say? He was wounded for our transgressions. Come on, y'all know it. He was bruised for our, and the chastisement of our peace was, and by his, we are. Did God provide healing? He provided it. Look at that picture. There's a flow. He provided it. Did he not say God will supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings and seated us with Christ in heavenly places. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field and blessed will you go and, and blessed when you come and blessed is your storehouse and your children's children's children even down to a thousand generations. Deuteronomy 1.11 said, did not God provide for us? Yeah, he did, and yet we're still struggling with financial trouble. It's not that there's not a flow. There is a flow. It's just blocked. So the solution is we've got to get unblocked. So I want to deal with some things. I want to show you this so that we can become unblocked. Because if we get unblocked, now you see that, and I'm just saying, this is how this works. Go back to that picture for me, please. Thank you. Media is always on it. I don't send them those title slides. They make those. That's amazing. Y'all give them a hand right quick, because that just, that blessed me to how they had it like that. Okay, you see this picture? As soon as you remove this cloth, all the flow that's been stopped up starts running in. Starts running in. All that stuff starts rushing in. All of it just starts going in to where it needs to go. And if you can catch it in time, you will have a 100% full recovery. 
100%. All because you made the move to get unblocked. The only thing that can unblock the church is the scalpel of the Word of God. For the Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even the division of the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow. This Word will cut you up and it may seem painful at the time. But if you let patience have its perfect work in you, you'll be perfect and complete, wanting nothing because the word has cleaned you out. I want the word to clean me out. And if you're like me, I won't even put it that way. If you're a mature Christian, you've already thought of three ways that you're blocked. You've already, you've already thought, yeah, that's, a, that's one way. Oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I kind of put a little too much emphasis on that. And because we have been blocked up, I'm going to put it to you another way uh, and use a different analogy. You ever been, you know, full and, and trying to, you know, go to the, and, and to the restroom and you, you, you can't because you're, you're blocked? Does that feel comfortable? That's excruciating for some folks. I mean, you break out into a sweat and be calling on the Lord, wiggling and carrying on and just sitting on the bed, miserable, trying to rearrange it, gas blocked up, all this kind of stuff, boiling on on the inside of you, you're blocked. You're blocked. It takes something to go in or something to get in your system and loosen everything up so that it can start to flow as it's supposed to. I submit to you it's time for the church to be unblocked. I think where we have erred is we've allowed the blockages to sit, and instead of removing them, we've moved around them. And because we have moved around them, the body is slurred of speech, dragging on one side, not able to see properly because we want to tolerate blockages instead of remove them. It's time to get unblocked. Say unblocked. If the anointing is restored, if the grace is restored, the power is restored, the presence of God is restored to the body, and now it's getting profusion, now it's getting life, now it's bringing God glory, there's nothing that the church can't do. The church of Jesus Christ should be unstoppable. You didn't hear what I said, I said unstoppable. No, you didn't hear what I said. It should be unstoppable. You know what unstoppable means? Can't be stopped. It just can't be stopped. I mean, can't be, just can't be stopped. You know what can't be stopped? The sun rising and falling. That sunrise is unstoppable. Doesn't matter if you stayed up till 4 a.m. and need five more extra hours, 6.30 come, that sun is rising. It's unstoppable. That's how the church ought to be. In fact, the Bible says the path of the righteous is like the sun growing brighter as the day goes on. But you don't get the brighter. You don't get the blessing. You don't see the miracles. You don't feel the presence. Nobody will be uh, slain in the spirit. Nobody will say, hey, I'm healed. Nobody will say, hey, I went to the mailbox and there was a $10,000 check there. Or I got a call and, and all my stuff had been cleared. Yeah, maybe one or two people the flow ain't completely blocked but it's not like it should be and I need it to be where it should be 
I need it to look like when people look at 1019 Scaly Bark Road or pop onto a live stream of our ministry or our website or whatever, they see the same thing happening in us that happened in the book of Acts. That's how you know. You want to know, you want to judge what's a healthy church, what's a good church. It's not always by the numbers. It's not always by the ministries. It's not always by the subscribers and the followers. If I read Acts 1 through 8, can I find this ministry doing the exact same thing? And really, it's the whole book of Acts. When I was in high school, I did a study on the book of Acts. I think I'm going to do another one. I think I'm going to do another one, just research it and just, just stay on it and get back into it. Lord, what are we supposed to look like? What are we supposed to be doing? How are we supposed to be handling and responding to situations? Maybe I'll write it up for you and present it to you. Just all this stuff so you can have it and do your own study. I need somebody to hold me accountable to that because I say stuff and I need accountable. Uh, Deacon Merchant, hold me accountable for that. Make sure I'm studying and, and writing on it. If you see me week to week, Pastor, you write a chapter this week, hold me accountable to that so that we can grow and see this is what God wants us to look like. Open your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. Y'all still with me? It's time to get unblocked. That's all I can tell you. It's time to let it flow. It's time to let it flow. Get, get, get out the blockages. Get out the blockages. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. This is in the New King James Version. Listen to this. Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his way to save his life. That same wicked man will die in iniquity, but his blood I will require of your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered his soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, I lay a stumbling, what's that B word? If the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin and his righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. What God is saying to Ezekiel is, I'm making you a watcher on the wall. And I'm going to give you the signal that when danger is coming, it's going to be your job to tell the people, hey, danger is coming. And if the people don't uh, barricade themselves, if they don't fortify themselves, if they don't make the adjustment, their blood is on their own hands. 
because you did your job to warn them that trouble was coming. But if I whisper to you, man of God, that trouble is coming and you say nothing to warn the people and they die, I'm not going to hold their blood on them. I'm going to hold it against you because you knew better and you did not say anything. My job as your pastor is the watchman on the wall. My job is to hear from God what's coming down the pipeline. What is on the way? What do we need to hear today so that when we get to there tomorrow, we will be all right. And if I don't tell you the way and you stumble and you fall or you experience catastrophe because I was silent, then what happened to you is my responsibility. But if I tell you the right way to go, if I tell you you need to dot this I, if I tell you you need to cross this T, if I tell you you need to switch that up, you need to get that justified, you need to make that wrong right, you need to improve over here, you need to do better here, you need to spend more time in prayer. If I tell you the right way to go and you don't respond, that's on you. That's on you. I'm saying this point to give you this revelation. I cannot be your friend. I can't be your cousin. I can't be your son. I can't be Bishop's grandson. I can't be your nephew. I can't be your bestie. I, I can't be your ace boon coon. My job is to shepherd you. And I take that very seriously. And the reality is you can't separate me from that job. No matter where you find me, that will always be my job. That will always be my responsibility. We could be out in the middle of nowhere. And if the word of the Lord comes, hey, we need to move from here because danger is coming. And I don't say anything to you because we're all just hanging out or we're all just friends. Whatever calamity comes, that's my fault. And I refuse. I told y'all when I started, I refuse to get before God and tell him, well, I, I didn't say. And, and, and he got this long list of people who have fallen by the wayside because I did not say anything. I don't have the option to be quiet. You got the option whether or not you listen, but I don't have the option to be quiet. Who wants to be pastor now? Who wants to be held at that high standard? Folk who be jumping up, I'm not going to go on a tangent on that, but folk who jump up at the chance to be appointed and called and named and titled and all this. Do you even know what you're asking for? That's why Paul told Timothy, if anybody, look, if you can find anybody who wants to be one and is willing to take the burden on, they desire a good thing. Might not be good to them 90% of the time. But you endure hardship like a good soldier. You wage warfare against the devil. You be steadfast and immovable and always abound in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. I don't have the option to sugarcoat what I say. If somebody, you know, if the building was catching fire. And let's just say a fire was breaking out, God forbid, upstairs. You can't see it. You can't see it. What am I, if I started whispering, y'all, y'all, I think there's a fire upstairs. I think, I think everybody need to get up and grab their stuff so we can get outside because the building going to burn down. 
if the building burns down and you're in it, that's on me. Did you understand that? The fire broke out. Only I could see it from this angle and perspective. And you didn't move because you didn't get the urgency of the moment. But if I stop everything and say, y'all, this is not a drill. Upstairs is on fire. It's breaking out. I need you to get up and line up orderly. Exit the door. Security, line it up and let sure everybody gets out. Cut off what we can and get the children from next door. Get out. Get out now. I've got my phone. I'm already calling 911. We'll get out of here. And praise God, by God's grace, there'll be no casualties do you see the difference in the two approaches he says if you don't say nothing I'm holding you responsible and if you tell the righteous to be right and they decide to be wrong that's when the blockage appears did you see that and when the block appears the very next thing he said is once I put in the stumbling block then he dies you remember the picture? As long as that block is there, something is going without oxygen. Something is going without nutrition. Something is going without life. And because there is no life in it, it begins to die. Everybody say unblocked. I want us to be unblocked. I want us to be unblocked. Just to that point, yeah, you know, if you know, and if you if you're privileged. To know me, you know, I like to laugh. I like to have fun and all this kind of stuff. I'm the kind of person I could do the group project by myself. I'm just, I don't mean that properly, arrogantly. I just know what I'm working with. I'm that smart. I could do the project by myself. I just prefer to work with other people. I like collaboration. I like saying, hey, you bring yours in and, and you bring yours and uh, potluck ministry. I like, let me do my thing and, and you bring yours and let's collaborate and, and work together. But at the end of the day, if it means I can't be friendly with you, I'd rather you be mad at me. And you will be. I ain't, I, that don't that, that doesn't phase me because he told me that before I st you'll be mad at me you'll be offended you'll be upset you'll be aggravated that's fine as long as at the end of it I can preserve your soul and if you get so engrossed in your offense that it causes you to leave the church or whatever all kind of mess that that may befall you then that is between you and God but I have done my job it's time to be unblocked time to be unblocked. Some things I say are going to challenge you to your core. That's what pastoring is. That's what pastoring is. If you are not challenged to your core, did you even pastor? Did you even really do the job? If it doesn't force you to say, hmm, maybe I need to improve. The job was not well done. It's not well done. I don't know anybody who gets a personal trainer and they're already in shape. Who hires a personal trainer and a nutritionist and a dietitian to help structure their life? If they've already got a six-pack and their numbers are good and everything, it's when you need the assistance. It's when you need the help that you say, hey, I need you to come help me. I want to be challenged. 
I want to be challenged. I've got men of God and friends that I look to and mentors and role models and things, and they say stuff sometimes, and I'm like, ooh, Lord, help my unbelief. Anybody other than me ever been there before? Like, you hear something, and it's like, ooh, I ain't there yet. Help, help my unbelief. You did what? Where? You, how did it happen? Oh, man, Lord, if you did it for them, I know you can do it for me. Maybe not today, but one day, Lord, you'll do it for me. I want to be challenged. I want to know that I can grow beyond this level. I want to know that there is something new that God wants to do in my life. And if I got to be unblocked in order to let the new thing flow, then Lord, here's my consent. Operate on me and create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I want us to be unblocked. Look at Joshua chapter 7. I got to move, move quick. Joshua chapter 7. This is all in the New King James Version. Uh, let, let's drop down. Well, no, no, let's just, let's just read it. I'll do it the way I got it. But the children of Israel committed a trespass against, regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebedi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Everybody say Ai. Ai is the ghetto. It's small. It's, it, it's not even really worth mentioning. It's, it's just... It's just the place that they needed to take, which is beside Beth-Avon on the side of Bethel, and spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, don't let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Don't weary, do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few, say small. AI ain't no big deal. We can just take, take, round up a couple of boys. We can take it by 12 p.m. be home by lunchtime. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people. But, everybody say but, they fled before the men of AI. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebram and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Supposed to be able to go in and this little small country, we, we don't even need the whole army. We just need about, just give me, just give me one battalion of men, give me one set of leaves. We'll go in, take it off, we'll be home before dark. They got the brakes beat off of them. And 36 men died prematurely. You read it. I just want to make it real. 36 men fell to their death because somebody done caused the blockage. I'm going to prove it to you. Verse number 6, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put the dust on their hands. And Joshua said, Lord, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites? Oh, that we had just been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land, they're going to hear it and they're going to surround us and they're going to cut us off from the earth. And then what will you do for your great name? 
That's King James for, Lord, why it didn't work? Why it ain't going like it's supposed to go? Why ain't nobody moving it like they supposed to be moving it? Why is it not flowing like it ought to flow? I thought you said you was going to perform the work. I thought you said you was going to heal. Why is it not moving the way you said it was going to be moving? It must not work because I don't know why it worked for them and it ain't working for me. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? That's King James for a black mama to say, fix your face. What's wrong with you? I mess around and I'm going to give you something to cry about. But what you in right now, that ain't nothing to be worried about. Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived and they put it amongst their own stuff therefore listen to this now the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. And drop down, let's drop down to verse, uh, let's drop down to verse 16. Because God gives him instructions on how to find the culprit. In other words, y'all should have been able to take this little ghetto country, but because you deceived, because you stole, because you did not honor what I told you to do, there's a blockage. And because there is a blockage, the power that you have seen in the past cannot flow into today because there is a blockage. This is the same group of people that marched out of, uh, out of Egypt. The power that brought great Egypt down to its knees, that can't flow anymore because you're blocked. The same power, the same presence that was before Moses, that, that would go before them by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He said, I can't flow with you no more. You're blocked. You're blocked. The same anointing that rested on Moses that could bring kings down to their knees. The littlest of the littlest enemies will beat the brakes off of you because you have been blocked. So this is what he says. So Joshua, verse 16, so Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. You know Judah means praise? You know Judah means praise? You know, when the Bible says he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's the root and offspring of David, that means that of the 12 sons of Jacob, the patriarch Judah, that's the line of children that Jesus came through. That's the line that he came through. Right here it says he made it, went through all, Reuben, Simeon, went through all of them, and then got the praise. He brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerites, and he brought the family of the Zerites man by man. And Zabadee was taken. Then he brought his household man by man. He's just going further and further in. And Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabadee, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of praise, was taken. Now, Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. 
95% of the time when you are brought to the carpet by God or God's representative, we already know what you did. That's like, it's like growing up old school. Your mama already know what you did. This is the part where you can confess. And whatever uncertainty they have, don't start lying because that's going to clear up all they doubt. You did it. You did it. He say, son, come on, just, just level with me. Just tell me what happened. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, saw some new clothes, 200 shekels of silver, saw some new money, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 pounds. I ain't, you know, I, I found that new money, new, new accounts, new investments, new stocks, new bonds, new land. I saw a lot of stuff. I coveted them and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the middle of my tent with the silver up under it. So Joshua sent messengers. They go to the tent, and sure enough, the silver was under it. They took all that stuff from the tent. They brought it to Joshua and all the children of Israel, and they laid it out before the Lord. Then Joshua, look at verse 24. Then Joshua and all the people of Israel took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, wait a minute, his sons, his, do wait a minute, his oxen, his donkey, wait, his sheep, the tent that it was covered up with, and everything he had, they brought it to the valley of Ancor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. I'm going to add a disclaimer here. You better watch how you handle God's people. You remember Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, and they thought that they were really doing something, and Peter explained it to both of them. Idiots, you didn't lie to me, you lied to the Spirit. And they both dropped dead in the midst of the church. Achan, you, you didn't hurt my feelings, you didn't, you didn't offend me, you've offended God. Galatians 6, 9, I think that is, don't be fooled. Don't play yourself. God's not going to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, say whatever. That could be good, bad, or ugly. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to get back. And who did he say wasn't going to be played? God. He said, no, don't be fooled. God is not going to be played. What you put down, that's what's going to come back up for you. So all of Israel, look at what happened. All of Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. They raised a great heap of stones that's still there to this day, and the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of the place has been called the Valley of Anchor or the Valley of Trouble till this day. Look at chapter, chapter 8, just a couple of verses here. Verse uh, number 1. Now, Ai, not Ai, Achan was the blockage. The sin that he had committed, that was the hang-up. That was the problem. And Israel, that should have easily taken this little ghetto country, could not take them because there was a block among them. But they have removed the block, say unblocked. 
Look at what happens now that they're unblocked. The Lord said to Joshua, don't be afraid nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoils and its cattle shall you take his booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. Drop down to verse 25. So it was that all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000. All the people of Ai. How many people of Ai died? Was that some of them or all of them? They got the whole country. Told you it was a little small country. Imagine a country with only 12,000 people. They got every last one of them. Every last one of them. For Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants, only the livestock and the spoil they took for themselves. So when Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day, and the king of Ai hanged on the tree until the evening. In other words, it was a solid victory. Landslide. Why? It's the same group of people. The same group of people in chapter 8 went to go fight in chapter 7. But why was there no power in chapter 7? They were blocked. When you really get unblocked, it's, gonna, it's, it's still going to be you, but what you're going to be able to do unblocked is going to far surpass what you did blocked. Say unblocked. Whatever the blockage is when you get that resolve when you get that clot busted up and you start letting the flow and the anointing of God minister like it should you'll do impossible things impossible things look at Luke chapter 6 this is my last scripture I gotta close with this Luke chapter 6 and I want you to look at verse 40 The Bible says, a disciple is not above his teacher. A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. If you are a leader, you cannot expect people to live beyond your ability. You can't expect people to overcome their shortcomings if you're not willing to overcome yours. If you are an emotional leader and everything is a chip on your shoulder, your people will be emotional servers. If you are always late, help us, Jesus. It's no surprise to me that the team can't come on time because... You know, what's that movie? Remember the Titans? Attitude, uh, out, attitude of reflects leadership, coach. If, it's the, if the leader got a misdirection in them, it's no surprise why the team's messed up. No surprise. No surprise why the team's going any kind of way. If the leader is lazy, the worker's going to be lazy. If the leader is last minute, the team's going to be last minute. If the leader doesn't study their Bible, the team's not going to study their Bible. 
Well, the word says you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That is exactly what it says. But a disciple is not above their teacher or above their leader. If the leader is not spending time in prayer, team not going to spend no time in prayer. If the leader picks and chooses when it's convenient for them to come to worship, the team will pick and choose when it's convenient for them to come to worship. You can't go beyond your leadership. That's why it matters always who's in front of you. Secular and in, in, it always matters who's leading the way because you'll never go beyond them. To that end, ladies and gentlemen, I owe you an apology. I owe you an apology full, full force. I owe you an apology, uh, and, and I mean it with, with all sincerity, and I'm explaining it to you. My personality, if you've known me personally, my personality is non-confrontational. Now, if you just met me and only know me by this stage, you'll be like, what? But no, really, I am a non-confrontational. If people have an issue, I'm the one that usually looks for peace. Well, let's just find a way that we can work it out and, and, and get together and, and round it off. And some of you have seen that. Been in my office mad as a hornet. I'm like, well, just sit down. Let's, let's talk it out. Let's see if we can't get to the bottom of it. It's a very, uh, um, I won't say laid back, but it's just peaceful. I just don't like confrontation. I'm the type of person, if it's going to involve us doing the, the ping pong tennis back and forth, you can have it. That's my personality. Say that's his personality. Some of y'all don't have that problem, but that's this, that's my personality. I you you can you can have it. I know it's not it's not worth it for me to be up and up about it. If it's gonna make you do all of that, you can have it. I know you wrong. Everybody and their third cousin looking outside, looking in, know you wrong, but I'm gonna let you be wrong because I just I just my personality, no, that's okay. You can have it. One of and this is the reason why I'm apologizing. One of the blockages we have in this church is a lack of communication. We do not address the issue with the person who created the issue. We run around. Come on and don't get quiet now. We run around and we talk about it to other people instead of going directly to the source. That is a blockage. And I'm apologizing to you, and I mean that, because over the last two years, now, we're 87 years old. We'll be 88 come November of 2022. I am not responsible for the first 85. That's Sally Gill. That's Bishop Davis. That's Bishop Murray. I can't do nothing about that. Don't bring up old mess. Focus on the future. But for the last two, I have heard too many times I would have said something, Pastor Jay, but I didn't want to start nothing. Well, well, you know, every, and every time you try to, and it's always this big thing, so, you know, I just didn't let it, you know, I just didn't say nothing. I can't stand when they do da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and somebody ought to say something to them. You, you are the somebody, you the one that feels some type of way about it, you ought to say something. Well, no, no, I just don't want, I don't want to be no thing, you know, I just, you know, I just hope that one day, maybe somewhere in the by and in the by, they'll get it. Here's your get out of jail free card. That's my fault. 
That's my fault, and I apologize. And I hope you can find it to forgive me. My personality, my, my personal personality doesn't match well with this particular calling. But from today, it will. Because it doesn't make sense just to apologize and not promise new behavior. You can say you sorry all day. Change how you act. That's a real apology. That's a real change. So here's a real change. I've got to be more direct with you. I've got to be more forthcoming. Got to be more forward. And I'm not saying aggressive for aggressive sake. You know how people can be. And that's just, that's, don't be ugly. Don't, not going to be ugly, not going to be nasty. But if you're going left and you need to be going right, I've got to tell you, you need to go right. I, I got to tell you, you got to go right. There are things that have happened. I'm talking to me now. There are things that have happened in this church. I've known that they have happened, but I was, because of my personal personality, I would have rather people brought it to me than me go to them. I can't do that anymore. Because doing, letting them come to me, number one, nine times out of ten, they never come. Come on, let nine times out of ten, you never come. And it has created a group of disciples who are being just like their teacher. And now we don't deal with stuff like we're supposed to. I apologize. I apologize. God forgive me for setting that standard unknowing. It wasn't like I did it maliciously. It just, it just happened. Not anymore. Not anymore. You got a problem with something that somebody does in this church? Go to them. That's not Pastor Jay. That's Jesus. If ye have aught against any, go to that one. If you go to them and they're not willing to hear it, take a sensible brother or sister with you and try it again. If they won't listen, then he said, bring it before the whole church. We can modernize that. Bring it to me. I'm your pastor. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Well, well, you know, and, 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 and then I'm going to tell you this, too. When people tell you, sometimes we get mad at people because they're telling us about ourselves and they're right. And they're right. If I say, you know, you, you got some, some, some lazy tendencies and you need to prune that lazy behavior out of you, and then you want and get all puffed up at the mouth then to go home and go to sleep. The only reason why you is because I was right. You lazy. Everybody, when they get, for lack of a better word, when they get called out, feels like they've been done wrong. And they just don't understand. And if they could just see, and, and this is just my heart, and I don't understand why people want baby issue. Issue. You got to make some change. You got to make some adjust. And every time that somebody comes to you, it's not personal. We've got to overcome the deception of the enemy that disagreement means unloved. Just because I disagree with you does not mean that I don't love you. I can prove it to you. Several of y'all are married. You disagree with your spouses all the time. If I ask you right now in the car, but do you love them? You're going to say yes. You fought with them this morning, but you still love them. It's possible then for people to love you fully, wholeheartedly, and still disagree with you. 
it's possible for people to love. It's possible, thank you, Lord, for you to mean well and still be wrong. That's another big one. We want to be excused because we meant well. Well, I was just trying to do, you did it wrong. It, 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 it fell on deaf ears. It was not effective. Here's the thing. When people come to you from here on, now, before this, I remember I stood up here and I, I apologized and it was sincere and I meant it from, you're not held accountable for the last two years. From today, you're going to be held accountable because I'm going to walk different and when disciples are trained, they're going to be like their teacher. We're going to handle business. I said, we're going to handle business. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it rubbed you the wrong way, my first step is not to call my mama or my brother or my sister or, or my cousin or, God forbid, somebody that don't even go to the church to talk about people in the church. And you see them every week. And for most of us, you have their number. And get over yourself. Well, I, I'll just talk to them later. Later never comes. Let's be honest. Later never comes. No, no. I'm, I'm, I mean, I was guilty of that. I'm apologizing for that too. I, I saw that. I'm going to follow up with them. I'm going to deal with that later. And later never comes. There's always something that's more important when later finally comes. And stuff goes undone. And because this is where the blockage comes in. Because you have not dealt with things. Because you have not addressed the issue. Now, because you didn't deal with it head on, there is a seed of resentment in you that gets fed every time stuff continues to not go your way. You know, uh, you know let's say, uh, you just say hypothetically, we changed the service time. Well, if we change the service time and that really offended you, but you never tell me it offended you, but you call four and five people to say, so we ain't, got, we ain't got no say in it. It don't make no difference what we feel or what our schedules is like. I mean, they can't have church if we not there. Why didn't they ask us if we could be in it? What's that about? And now every time you come to church at the new scheduled time, that's just watering that seed that you don't want to be here because nobody asked for your input to get here. Are you listening to this? And now what happens is a root of bitterness springs from the seed. And now everything that's said, even though at the new worship time, it's the unadulterated word of God, you can't hear it. And your heart has become hardened. And it's not moving. And it's not flowing because there is a blockage. There is a blockage. I want us to overcome the blockages. I want us to be unblocked. Say unblocked. We cannot continue being mute at the expense of the flow because we are missing the anointing, the grace, the power, and the presence of God. If I say or do something, now I'm talking about me. I'm done. If I say, after this, if I say or do something, you know, preachers got five closings. If I say or do something that you don't like, Nine times out of ten, lest I just really have to change my clothes or I got a meeting I got to get to, I hang around here every Sunday. Y'all been coming to church? I hang around here every Sunday. Come talk to me. Come ask, come ask the question. Ask the question. 
I can't promise you that I will change what I said if it's based in the word of God. But what I can do is probably add a little more depth to it. Remember, we talked about that Wednesday. People don't submit when they can't see the love. Maybe with a question, I can show you the love behind what God was saying. And because I'm human, if I'm just wrong, my bad. I'm just going to apologize. I ain't going to fight you with that. that. That part of my personality is still there. But in reverse, I'll just apologize and just, hey, can we move past it? My bad. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that particular way. Let's, let's, what can we do to move beyond it? Come talk to me. Come ask your question. Most of you who are blessed, you got, you got my number. Most of all the leaders got, got the Ask. Ask. Ask the question. Otherwise, you're going to stay blocked. Deal with it. Otherwise, I've heard that too many times. And that, that, that to me, it, it's pettiness to sit in a meeting, not like what's happening in the meeting, leave the meeting, go talk to four or five people about what you didn't like in the meeting when you were there in the meeting and we asked you, did you have any comments or anything to say only to come back to the next meeting? Well, I didn't really like what we said there. The, we done, it's been the, mo, the motion done carried now. We, done, we started planning the event. Event. Now the new schedule has been made. Now you keep missing the opportunity to speak. And the pathway is blocked. That's why there are no miracles like they should be. That's why there, there is no manifestation of the presence of God like there should be. One of these days, I'll show you some videos of just ministries I follow all around the country, not even in other countries, in this country, of just how powerful the Word of God is and, and how powerful His presence is in those places. And what those people did is they went through the work of getting unblocked. There are other things, but that's a big one. We can talk about some more things in the coming weeks, but that right there, that's a big one in this church. I can't say what's happening at such and such a Christian center and such and such church, but in this one right here, that's a big one. You've been guilty of it. Today you're forgiven. I've, ex I've asked for your forgiveness. Because I'm taking responsibility. That's my fault. But from here on, let's be direct. Let's, let's go to those people. Ain't nobody say nothing about being nasty. And God help you if I find out you just being nasty. Because you can go. You can go. Spirits of contention and distress and aggravation. Don't nobody need that in 2022. Especially the kingdom of God. There's the door. As you, you would throw people out the church if they're full of the devil and don't want to be delivered? Absolutely. That's not my, I didn't make that rule. Paul did. Go find out. He said, turn them over to the tempter, to the tormentor. And maybe by getting that hellfire on them, you'll at least save their soul. Yeah, they might be a little raggedy when they get to heaven, but at least they'll make it. But they're not going to get it raising hell in here. So you can go. Anybody who's 
And that's just another thing about that. Anybody who left for whatever reason, if you, if you left, I'm not the type of pastor that if you decided to come back, I wouldn't take you back. That's not my, that's not my, that's not, that's why. What do I get from that? I don't get nothing out of that. Now, if you're going to come back and raise some hell, you can stay out there where you were. But if you're going to come back and, and get in with the flow and, and follow on and do whatever, come on. What you, in that regard, you ain't going no place. What you waiting for? Come on back. There's room for you. There's a family here. Get back and get connected. You're not going to ever hear that story. Well, they went to Pastor Jay and tried to come back and reignite their membership, and he said they couldn't come. You'll never hear that. The devil is a liar. I don't get no benefit out of that. We, as a body, get no benefit out of that. As long, listen to my disclaimer, as long as you going to live right, you come in to cause trouble, I'd rather you stay out there. Let's be more direct. Let's, as old school teaches you to say, nip it in the bud. And if somebody brings something to you, let's start here. It's not personal. We just want to be unblocked. We just want to be unblocked. And I'm going to tell you this, if it's January, February, March, and once a month you got to go to the same person, it's you, not them. It's you, not them. That, that's, too, that's too frequent. That offense is too frequent for it to be them as the problem. You got to start looking at you. Prayerfully, you ain't going to somebody two and four times without bringing it to me. And if I happen to see it, new day, new me, I'm going to call you in. Let's, let's, just, let's just nip it in the bud. Snip it in the bud. I want the flow restored. I want to see the anointing. I want to see the power. I want to see the grace. I want to see the presence of God. I want to read Acts and then come to church on Sunday and be like, this is exactly like how I read it. I don't really know 100% if that's what you want. But that's the direction our church is going in. And either you with it or you're not. But we cannot stay blocked. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We give you great praise. Thank you for this word, this timely message to help us elevate our understanding of where we are as a church. God, we've been singing and shouting. We want to be tried by fire. We want to be purified. We want to be cleaned up from the inside out. Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us what we need to do to grow. Father, thank you for helping us deal with it at the root. And if it's us, give us the strength to admit it's just me. If somebody's doing something and it's offensive, let's be loving and give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't really believe you meant to hurt me, but what you said, it did hurt my feelings. Let's not hear what people say and get offended and, and flare up. Let's be meek. Let's be humble. Let's resolve it and get peace going. Let's get unblocked.
and help us, God, to stay, get to get and stay unblocked. Because we need your flow. We need your flow. Can miss everything else, but we need you. So help us to get unblocked. And by your power, keep us unblocked. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together if you love the Lord.